Welcome back to our series, Growing in Christ. Today we will uh, we'll be bringing to an end this series that we have been in now since the 4th of July. It is by no means the end of Growing in Christ. Paul tells us in his second letter to the Corinthians, And when we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The ERV, the easy reading version, puts it this way. And our faces are not covered. We all show the Lord's glory, and we are being changed to be like Him. This change in us brings more and more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Notice that it says we are being transformed and being changed. That's present tense. This will continue until we were actually in His presence and finally like Him. We've been talking these last few months together about how God wants us to live as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Today we want to focus on how we pull it all together at a higher level, if you will, how, how we go out into the world with all of what Christ has equipped us with. How do we dress for success, if you will? One thing is for sure, you never want to go into battle undressed. You want to put on the full armor of God. So before we get into the meat of the topic for today, let me remind you, if you missed a message, any message of the year, you can always go to FFC Sermon or sermons.org where you can log in, you can listen again online, you can download a podcast. You can also go to www.ffcph.org, click on the live tab and watch again any message previously aired on YouTube or Facebook. Let's pray and see what God has for us this morning. Father, we come into your presence. We thank you that you have not left us alone. And when you left, you sent your Holy Spirit to indwell us, to guide us into all truth, to fully equip us. We thank you that you've given us your word, that you've given us the apostles, the prophets, all for us to look in, that we can trust and know what it is that you want and who you are. We thank you that you've called us into your family. Father, we offer our lives to you and our hearts this morning as we open up your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This year, remembering 9-11 was special. It was 20 years ago when 19 militant al-Qaeda terrorists hijacked four planes, ultimately killing 2,977 innocent lives. On that morning, we learned we weren't really ready for that kind of warfare. We were caught off guard because we didn't know who the enemy was or how they would attack. These days, that might include a whole array of political parties and the media. One of the things that 9-11 taught us is that you have to be prepared for the attacks when they come, before they come. This same principle is true in your life. This morning, I want to wrap up our series by looking at how to fight the battles that we are in by preparing for them by being dressed for success, if you will. Dressed for battle. Now, if you have a Bible, I want you to open to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't, you may find one in, in the seats there in front of you. I also have all the verses up here on the PowerPoint. Before we actually look at the full text, I want to make three points. These are the three things that I think Paul teaches us about fighting the battles that we face. The battles against discouragement, against depression, against doubt, despair, against darkness in our life. The delays and dead ends and difficulties about defending our faith. 
these battles that come against you in life, unless you are prepared for them, you're going to be taken off guard by Satan, just like the Twin Towers were taken out by the terrorists. The first thing in Ephesians 6 that we're going to learn is this. I must get dressed for battle. Nobody would go in to a battle feel naked. Well, almost nobody. One night, my wife heard a noise downstairs that sounded like someone was breaking in. She woke me up to tell me that I needed to go see who it was. I'm like, mm, you're the one that heard the noise. You go see who it was. See, I don't wake up fast. I throw a leg over the side. I sit there for a while waiting for my brain to kick in. So I got up to see, and I grabbed the only weapon nearby, a fire extinguisher sitting in our bedroom. Now, why was there a fire extinguisher in our bedroom? I don't know. I'll go with steamy romance. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I am two steps out the bedroom door when my wife says, stop, alerting whoever it was inside that they needed to leave. She says, shouldn't you put some clothes on before you go first? Now, if you haven't figured out, I'm standing in the doorway of our room with nothing but a fire extinguisher on my person. Nothing. She says, what are you going to do when you find someone? I says, I'm going to jump out and shock them with my presence and then extinguish them. So I came back into the room, and I put on my moccasins. Then I went downstairs. Right? <laughs> Nobody would go play NFL football without putting on some padding, suiting up, putting on a helmet, those kinds of things. You don't just go into a fight without being prepared for it. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 6.10. It says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his might. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. I hate to tell you this, but you were born into a battle. You didn't ask for that battle. But when you were born on earth, you were born into a cosmic battle. There is an unseen war going on between good and evil, between light and darkness, between God and Satan. They are not equal enemies. Satan is far inferior. He is a created being. God is a zillion billion times more powerful than Satan. And one day he is going to wipe him out. But he allows him to exist right now so that people have a choice because it's not real love unless you have a choice not to. In this cosmic battle between God and Satan, people are often pawns. Satan cannot hurt God. He cannot do anything against him. And so he does the next best thing, which is to go after his children. If you can't attack me, the way to, to get to me is to hurt my children or my grandchildren. So the bottom line here is that Satan often uses you as a pawn. Notice what he says in this verse. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. The devil is real. He's actual. He's factual. We like to joke about Satan. We think of him in uh, red pajamas with a tail and horns and a pitchfork. But he is no laughing matter. He hates you. He wants to destroy you, to destroy your marriage, your career, your finances, your life. He would love nothing better for you than to take your own life. Satan wants to mess up your life. And notice it says he has strategies. Satan is subtle. He's strategic. And he is smart. You're not going to outsmart him. And he's not afraid of who you are. That's the bad news, that you were born into a battle. The good news is that you were born to win. Amen? You were born to win. 
John, uh, in, in 1 John 4, 4, it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Satan is not afraid of you, but he is afraid of who is in you, God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When God's Spirit of the Holy Spirit is in you, you don't have to be afraid of the enemy. But you've got to get dressed for battle. The second thing we're going to learn from this passage is, is that I must know my enemy. One of the reasons that we walk around defeated and discouraged all the time is that we don't know who the real enemy is. We often think our enemy is other people. Maybe it's those in the other party. It's the liberal woke left or the far-right conservatives. But who is the real enemy? Look at what the Bible says in verse 12. Our fight is not against people on earth, but against the rulers and authorities and the power of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of evil in heavenly places. The biggest thing I want you to understand about this is not everything that is spiritual is good. There is spiritual wickedness. There are good spirits, there are bad spirits. There is spiritual light and there is spiritual darkness. There is righteousness and there is evil. Not everything or everyone who is spiritual is good. And by the way, Satan doesn't fight fair. So a lot of times he's going to put ideas in your way. You've got to catch him in the act. I know where that came from. That came from the enemy. So this battle, this spiritual war that you're fighting, it is in your mind. It's a mental battle. Those thoughts of discouragement, of, of uh, anger and fear and worry, they are coming from the enemy. They're going to come at you and you need to understand where they are coming from so that you can catch him in the act. The third thing this passage is going to teach us is that I must use every piece of armor at my disposal. We're going to spend today's session looking at the pieces of armor. In verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. That after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I want you to fight from victory not for victory. Stand in the place of victory that Jesus Christ has already won for you by dying on the cross. But he said you're going to have to put on every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy so that you're still standing after all of these things are done. Let me give you a little background. When Paul writes this passage in Ephesians, he is under house arrest. As Paul has been taken prisoner because he wanted to appeal to Caesar, the emperor of Rome, So not only is he under house arrest, but he was chained 24 hours a day to a Roman centurion. Paul is looking at a fully dressed Roman centurion, and he goes, I could use this as a teaching tool, and I can compare every part of a Roman soldier's garb, his weaponry and protection, and make a spiritual parallel to the things that you need in your life to guard against the attacks and the tactics and the lies of the enemy. So let's begin. The first thing that a Roman centurion would put on would be his belt. It was not only strengthening his core, the center of his being, but it also held all of the weapons that he was going to wear when he went into battle. Paul makes a parallel. As a Christian soldier of Christ, we need to wear a belt that he calls the belt of truth. Notice this verse, verse 14. So stand strong with the belt of truth tight around your waist. The belt of truth gives your life stability. It gives your life strength. If your life isn't based on truth, the very ground will fall out from underneath of you. 
When I go to the ocean, I love to stand at the ocean's edge and have the waves wash over my feet. But you ever notice if you stand there as you do that, all of a sudden the, stand, the sand starts to disappear from under your feet. And before you know it, you're standing and sinking into a hole. This is what happens without truth in your life. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the person who builds his life on my truth is like a guy who builds his house on a rock. And when the waves come, his house will stand strong. Well, what does this belt of truth represent? The belt of truth represents integrity. Integrity is knowing and doing the truth. The first thing you need to put on in your life is integrity. It's a belt that holds everything together. If your life isn't based on truth, it is going to fall apart. So you need integrity, moral integrity, relational integrity, financial integrity, sexual integrity. You need integrity in every different area of your life. Integrity is not compartmentalizing your life so that you appear different ways to different people. Integrity means what you see is what you get, and that's the same everywhere you go. You're not faking it. The opposite of integrity is knowing the truth and not doing it. That's called hypocrisy. It's wearing a mask. So integrity is the opposite of hypocrisy. Integrity means I am exactly what I appear to be. That doesn't mean that doesn't need to change and be conformed to Christ's image, but I'm not faking it. If you lack integrity in any area, you are going to be vulnerable. If you segment your life and you say, well, this is my church life, and this is my work life, and this is the piece of pie that is my sex life, and this is my little action on the side life, whether it's in reality or pornography, you are already lacking integrity because you're not acting in the same way in all of those things. Truth has not invaded your life. Integrity is knowing the truth, but more than just knowing it, it is doing the truth in every area of your life. That's the one that gives you stability. It holds you together in the middle. In tough times, it gives you strength. The second piece of armor that Paul identifies is the breastplate, which covers the heart. Paul says you need your spiritual, what you need for spiritual battle is what he calls the protection of right living on your chest or the breastplate of righteousness. So stand strong with the belt of truth. Tie it around your waist and protection of right living on your chest. What's in your chest? Well, your heart's in your chest. He's talking about your heart here. What is righteousness? Righteousness is purity of heart. So the second piece you have to put on in life is purity. First, integrity, knowing and doing the truth. And the second thing you have to put on is purity, which means keeping my motives clear and clean, having a pure heart. That's what righteousness is. It's when you put on the breastplate of righteousness or right living. God says, I want you to have a pure heart. I want you to have pure motives. Mother Teresa said this, If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. David said in Psalm 24, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord and enter where he lives? Who may stand before the Lord? Only those with pure hands and hearts who do not practice dishonesty and lying. Now, that doesn't mean perfection because none of us are this side of glory. But a pure heart means that even those times when I do something that is wrong, I regret it because I want to do the right thing. That's a pure heart. And Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
if you want to be blessed in your family, in your finances, in your business, you have to have a pure heart. God will not bless an impure heart. So you need to put on not just the belt of truth, integrity, but you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness, righteous living, which is purity, keeping my motives clear. The third thing that a soldier would put on was his footwear. The Roman soldiers' shoes had hobnails in the bottom, kind of a lot like cleats are in, uh, in athletic wear, little nails that would make them grip better so that when they were in battle, they would not slip during battle. Paul says this represents peace in your life. He calls them the shoes of the good news of peace. On your feet, wear the good news of peace to help you stand strong. A Roman soldier needed to have good footing so he could not lose his ground so that he wouldn't slip. What is he saying? If you want to stand in life under the storms, you're going to have to have peace. If you've got conflict in your life, you open your life to an attack by the enemy. He said if you don't have peace in your heart, if your mind is not at peace, then you're going to be open wide. Jesus said these words in John 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You are trusting God, trust in me. A little later in the same chapter, he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You are a pushover for Satan when you are not at peace. Where do I get this peace that gives me solid ground? by trusting in him. So we need the gospel of peace in our lives. Bible says in Psalm 119, 165, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. The King James says it this way, great peace have they who love your law and nothing can offend them. In other words, the more I love this book, the more I love this book, the Bible, God's word, the less I am offended or thrown off my game by what you say. You may say something that is offensive, but it does not rock my world. The more I love God's word, the less I'm offended by what happens. I'm not offended by all the things that people try to make offensive to me. It doesn't throw me off my game. Why? Because I love God's word, and I trust him, and I know I am coming from a position of truth and purity of heart. So you don't need to worry. Paul says to the Philippians, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6-7. But the problem with a lot of people is this. They want to live in peace, but they don't want to speak peace. A lot of people are scared to death to tell other people about Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. A lot of times we have friends and neighbors who need to hear the good news of peace, and we chicken out. We lose our nerve. We lose our opportunity. And because we take off those shoes of peace when we do that, we are not speaking in peace we need to tell them the good news about who Jesus is, that he's not mad at them, he's mad about them. And God wants them and us in his life, in his family, and he died for us so that they can know the Prince of Peace. Last weekend, my youngest daughter, Janelle, 
took me to a concert downtown in Annapolis to see Crack the Sky. Now that's going way back. And it was, I'm t- it was an amazing concert. These, these guys are tight as a rock and roll band of a bunch of old guys my age pushing 60 or so. Really good concert. But the week before, she had written me a couple questions that she said she wanted to talk about. These were, these were deep, hard theological questions. And on the way down, we just kind of shot the breeze. And as we're driving, I'm thinking in my head, why are we just talking, talking about nonsense and shooting the breeze? I'm missing an opportunity here. And on the way home, I was sure to jump right into her questions, which she was happy to discuss. And for an hour and a half ride, we talked about God. We talked about truth. We talked about who he is and what he is and and tried to get answers to her genuine questions. She is looking for the truth and it is right in front of her. You can pray for her. She's close. She says that the man that she lives with is even closer. They're looking for truth and that they can get past a few things and step in faith. They'll be there. Paul says the fourth thing you need in this spiritual battle is what he calls the shield of faith. And also use the shield of faith with which you can stop the burning arrows of the evil one. He says you need the shield of faith in order to protect yourself from the burning arrows that Satan is going to throw at you. What is the shield of faith? It is the fourth quality that you need, and it's certainty. Certainty is the shield of faith. Certainty and trusting of the promises of God when everything is going wrong in your life. I saw a bumper sticker many years ago that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, that's okay. But really, I think the bumper sticker should say, God settles it, I said it, that settles it. Whether I believe it or not. Because God's truth isn't based on what I believe. It is true regardless of whether I believe it or not. Amen indeed. What God said about life is true, whether you believe it or not. What he said about money is true, whether you believe it or not. What does he say? What he says about sex and how we carry that out is true, whether we believe it or not. When you put on the shield of faith, you have the certainty that God's promises are true, even when they don't appear to be true in your life at the moment. What are those burning arrows and fiery darts that come your way? Doubt. Doubts of fiery dark. Did God really say that? Is that really what he means? Is that just your interpretation? Maybe that's for another time. And it creates doubt. Discouragement is a fiery dark. Man, you're never going to amount to nothing. You're never going to change. It's only going to get worse. I don't know why I even try. Delay, difficulty, depression. These are fiery darts. And the reason why he says we need to carry that shield all the time is because he is always shooting at us. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. So you have to have the shield of faith that you can carry with you. The fifth thing you need to put on is your helmet. Of course, the helmet was probably maybe the most important piece of a soldier's gear because if you got a head wound, often it was fatal. You might lose your life. Not a lot of people walking around headless in a battle. So you'll want to wear a helmet. He says you got to put on the helmet of salvation. Accept God's salvation as your helmet or put on the helmet of salvation. What's the purpose of a helmet? It's to protect your mind. So the fifth piece of protection you need is sanity. Sanity, a right mind, a protected mind from evil thoughts. That's what the helmet does. It protects my mind. It protects my head. If you're going to win the spiritual battles 
of life over doubt and discouragement and depression and defeat and all of those other things. You've got to learn to control your mind. What is it that protects my mind from evil? Salvation. When I put on salvation, I get a whole new mind. If you don't know Jesus Christ, and you don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, you don't have him in your heart. You're still outside the family. You have zero protection against the enemy. None whatsoever. It's like surfing the internet without Norton or McAfee or any of those things. You're wide open to attack and being hacked by the enemy. Satan is not afraid of your words. He's afraid of God's word. He is not afraid of your thoughts. He's afraid of God's thoughts. It is salvation that protects my mind. It's the helmet of salvation. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. There's one other thing you have to have in order to fight the battles in life to win. Paul says you've got to put on every piece of this armor. The sixth piece is the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. The sword is both an offensive and a defensive weapon used by soldiers as warriors. It is our only offensive weapon. And in this case, it belongs to the Holy Spirit. Swords were used to protect oneself from harm or to attack the enemy to overcome him. And in both cases, it was necessary to be well-trained in the proper use of a sword. As Christian soldiers, we need that same training to know how to properly handle the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword that Paul refers to here is the Holy Scriptures. He wrote to Timothy. He said, The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It strengthens us out and helps us do what is right. It straightens us out and helps us do what is right. It is God's way of making us well-prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. Listen very closely. The Bible does not become your sword until you memorize it. Now, I don't mean all 66 books. That would be really impressive. I sure would. But David said, your word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. All the words in this book, if they're on your shelf, they don't do you much good. You've got to get them off your shelf and into your heart. If you memorize the Bible, you memorize God's word, it is, your mind, it is in your mind. And remember, that's where the battle is. And now it becomes a sword. A sword to protect you. A sword to go on the offense against the enemy. Worship team, you can make your way back up. Let me wrap it up with two questions. With one more slide before you guys can switch. First question, how do I put all of this weaponry on? How do I protect against Satan and discouragement and doubt and all those things that he's going to throw at me, that he's going to throw at you? Two words, through prayer. Prayer is the way you put on the armor of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up. Always pray for all of God's people. You put on all of these pieces by praying about them, by saying, Lord, I need this protection. I need all of your armor. Prayer is how we dress for success as we put on the full armor of God. Now, a lot of people don't get prayer. A lot of people think prayer is something you just kind of tag on. 
Something like singing the national anthem before a game. You know, it's kind of nice, it's, it's important, but it has no relation whatsoever to do to the game. Then everyone claps and the real game begins. No, prayer is how you fight the battle. Prayer is how you win the battle. As you put on these things. Last question. When of the day is the best time to get spiritually dressed for battle? In my opinion, it's in the morning. You put on your clothes, your real clothes, your physical clothes, and then you put on the full armor of God. Starting in January, when we get through the Advent season, we are going to go through an entire series on the armor of God, going through each and every piece in much greater detail than we did today. This was kind of an overview. One other thing I would say is the best time to prepare is before you go into battle, not while you're in battle. It's hard to build a plane while you're trying to fly it you got to be prepared in advance. Know God's word. Put on this armor. Be ready for what the enemy is sending your way. Faith Fellowship, know that God is for you, not against you. Have a good day in Jesus. We're going to finish with a song.